you know, the, the two things that are going to keep breweries alive are you know, minimizing their overhead and, and getting creative as far as revenue. Hello and welcome to It Starts With Beer. I'm your host, Will Sis. My guest is Daniel Flynn, who is a Cheshire, Connecticut-based financial consultant who focuses primarily on working with Connecticut breweries. I talked to him about ways that local breweries can weather this particularly nasty economic storm. Let's listen in. Can you tell me a little bit about the kinds of things that breweries should be worrying about at this time? Should be worrying about. Um, well, I think in the immediate future, um, I, I'm worried about sort of the rollout on these SBA loans, the PPP. Well, we're just going to pause right there. Uh, SBA is a federal organization that stands for the Small Business Administration, and PPP is their Paycheck Protection Program. And the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, because, um, you know, as with anything with this scale and and it's, you know, supposedly the same application process for everyone. You know, it, the funds aren't getting to the small business owners as quickly as some of the, you know, politicians have promised. So, um, you know, the, the, what I would be scared of in the immediate short term would be not getting those funds fast enough or not getting those funds. That's what I would be worried about in the immediate short term. Um, in, in, the, in the long term, and not not even considered long term, but you know, four or five months from now, when when hopefully we're back to normal, is is the foot traffic going to be the same? Are people going to be as willing to be in tight places like a like a brewery? So um, that's something to worry about. But other than that, you know, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of pent up demand to, to for for the majority of brewery fans and people who go to breweries. So I think that's going to be very important. Um, you know, down the road, but what would you, you know. what would you say to breweries um, that are now maybe working for rainy day funds, or maybe they are, um, you know, cutting staff members to kind of make it work during this kind of almost fallow period um, compared to the foot traffic? What can they do to get their financial house in order in general, knowing that every brewery is is a little different? Right. So, you know, in, in addition to those programs that have been rolled out, there are other things that you you have to start to take advantage. And, you know, the first is um, going to your bank and asking for a concession on whatever bank loans, you know, 90 something percent of these breweries have, you know, large loans in place. Um, you know, they're all relatively new. So they're, they're, they're high loan balances and you need to go to your bank and get a concession for 90 days and that's the that's the minimum that's what they're being asked to give to small businesses a lot of banks will extend that period but that needs to be the first thing that i think these brewery owners need to do and then second would be you know try to negotiate a concession on on rent with your landlord if, if you're paying rent you know almost all of them are um you know, that's, you know, that's, again, that's situation by situation, but 
um, those are the, you know, the, the two things that are going to keep breweries alive are, you know, minimizing their overhead and, and getting creative as far as revenue. So the tap room is, is a, is a large revenue generator for, for most of these people. So everyone's sort of transitioning to the, to go revenue streams and delivery revenue streams is going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, it, what's interesting is the innovations that have already taken place, the, the, the ways some breweries have been able to create a an ordering system online, whereas you know just days before it didn't exist. Um, the way that the Brewers Guild is is um, buttonholing the posi- the politicians and and getting things passed, like the be, being able to deliver. What kind of innovations are you noticing now that you think will be to the benefit of a brewery to keep going once uh, things get a little bit closer to normal? Yeah, well, I, I that's uh, I want to give Phil Pappas a shout out because he's been doing, like you said, a great job with the legislators and, and getting delivery approved. So, just a bit of explanation there. Uh, Phil Pappas is the executive director of the Connecticut Brewers Guild. To start off, will will be something that breweries would consider continuing once we are back to some sort of normal state. But um, also, I think a lot of breweries are realizing how important it is to have an in-house canning system. So because of this transition to so much canning and to go, whether you were doing it before or not, if you're, if you're doing it before, you're ramping up your canning. But a lot of these breweries are maybe subcontracting their canning or don't have their own canning line. I think a lot of them are going to reevaluate that and, and you know, there's going to be some investment into in-house canning lines. Right, because they can rent a guy to come by for a few days and do the canning for them, and then, then he goes. But um, you're saying it might be worth it for them to invest in their own system. Exactly. What about in terms of the employees? Do you think that we're going to see a change in the way that that breweries hire and keep on employees? Uh, do you think that we're going to uh, see any difference in the way that that is structured? I think in, in the short term, obviously, yes. A, a lot of breweries are, are furloughing or laying off their, their bartenders um, for right now. But I think in the, in the long run, it, you know, I keep mentioning once we return to normalcy, because hmm. I, I think the – the employee structure is was efficient, you know, as of two months ago. So I don't I don't foresee any major changes in the in the employment setup um, because you know it, it was working well. Bartenders were making good money, whether you know in tips, um, you know your assistant brewers are, are making a nice hourly wage, and those those were increasing, you know, much faster than normal wage rates so uh, i think it was operating fairly efficiently before so you know i I can't predict the future but i would assume it would return to where it was before but um you know uh, uh, again with if if a brewery is going to shift their their business strategy and they're going to hey we really like this you know focusing more on to go and delivery or and self-distribution or using a distributor you know you know maybe there's more drivers that are hired or um, more canners or people working on the canning line you know so 
it's all going to be what what breweries learn from this and what they choose is the most efficient and productive business plan for each brewery. Phil was quick to um, say that he didn't think that there would be a major shakeout, you know, in terms of uh, breweries. Uh, I kind of wonder, though, if it wouldn't be to some of the breweries' benefits to either, you know, work in a a location that might be a little safer and, uh, you know, wouldn't be as risky economically or maybe even um, consolidate you know, have two breweries combine and use the um, resources that they could have together. Do you do you see the industry in Connecticut kind of chugging along and, and growing? Or do you think that something like this, let's say it lasts until uh, the summer with, you know, may, maybe some slow to come back, uh, uh, with people slow to come back to the tasting rooms. Do you, do you foresee any major shakeout or changes? Well, that, that's an interesting question. Um, I think there's a possibility of, I, I like your idea of, of breweries joining or coming together to pool resources. You know, I, I kind of see that as sort of a last effort kind of a um, situation because a, a lot of these, as collaborative as an industry that the Connecticut brewery industry is, I know a lot of people really love their own brand and the independence that comes with running your own brewery. So I can see that as sort of a last ditch, last resort kind of a attempt to stay open. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't foresee that happening a lot or, or I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I, I can see not, not to be more of a doomsday, but I can see more breweries just, you know, shutting down, whether it be, you know, for good or just temporarily if they can't stay open. Right, because they've built this up not to share it. Uh, they, you know, exactly. they, they built it up because it's something they believed in, and every every brewery is different. Uh, I think that the casual, um, the, the casual participant, a lot of these breweries kind of seem a little bit cookie cutter. They might have the similar stories, but to each of these owners, uh, this is their baby. Absolutely. What about from a drinker's perspective? How's this impacted you? Um. Well, the the great thing is is that the, the beer is still accessible, but the experience, which you know has propelled the industry to such rapid growth in the last few years, is is not only based on the high quality product, but it's based on the experience. Everybody loves going to the breweries, and that's why the tap rooms are filled, and that's that's why they've been able to grow. The, the tap room revenue is the highest margin revenue, and People love it, and they and they tell their friends, and the tap rooms are filled. So, you know, I, I'm obviously missing that because, as you can imagine, I spend a lot of time in tap rooms, but I've still been able to, you know, access most of the beer that I want. You just gotta drive all the way to the brewery or get it delivered. Whereas, also, you know, with restaurants being closed, that was another avenue to, to get the product out, and that's that's been unfortunate because. That's such a great way for breweries to get their name out there and get their product out there. So for, for me, it's, um, you know, it's definitely been a not as fun way of experiencing new beers. That's for sure. But, um, you know, I, I go out of my way to, to get the beer that I want to try. Um, what do you think the your, your main message 
is going to be once breweries get back online or even new breweries start up, you know, post-crisis. Um, is there a new message that you're getting across, do you think, or you're starting to uh, formulate that might have been different uh, six months ago? Uh, well, I, I would say from from a accounting from an accounting perspective, I would you know remind brewer, brewery owners that they're already in a highly leveraged industry. Is you know you need a lot of you need to borrow a lot of money to start a brewery, so you need to be wary of that. And you know perhaps when times are good, you should be paying your debt down more, or you know rapid more rapidly or or, or finding other ways to consolidate debt or whatever it may be, just be wary of your balance sheet because something like this can happen when, when revenue dries up. So um, it's already, like I said, it's a high leverage industry. So I would just remind brewery owners who are often quick to just, you know, go, 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 that think about your balance sheet and make sure you're prepared and, and tr- try to build up a, a cash reserve. I know that sounds you know, easier said than done, but try to build up cash for situations like this. But as far as running the business, I, I think there's been several different business plans that have worked for breweries. So I, I'm assuming, you know, once this is all over, there's going to be a lot of pent up demand for people wanting to visit breweries. And I think just demand in general for Connecticut craft beer. So I would, I would say as far as running the business, I would go right back to what you were doing before. Yeah, there's no no reason to suddenly make dramatic shifts for, you know, the hours that you're open or your staff or suddenly shifting your model to uh, just delivery. I mean, you know, I, I don't know, you know, what kinds of panic moves that a business might might make. Uh, but this this does seem like, you know, if it wasn't broken uh, and, and things were riding really high before this uh, big change that this worldwide change, you, you wouldn't make any changes when you get yeah, back. Yeah, I agree. Normal. Yeah. Um, all right. And, um, and anything else that you think from an accountant's perspective that the average, um, consumer might not be getting, you know, I think that people who are part of the guild or, or people who are business owners, they get this about breweries, but what are we missing the rest of us that, might help us understand kind of what the breweries are going through. Anything you can do to help, you know, go buy their beer, go make a donation, go buy a gift card to use at the tap room in two or three months. You know, as a consumer, that's all you can do is, is support as much as you can. And I'm, I've been telling these breweries that, like I said, there's going to be a lot of pent up demand once this is over. And I think, if you can survive the, the next two, three, however many months, then I think times will go back to being very good like they were before. So, um, yeah, I, I'm remaining hopeful, but it's, there's a, like a lot of uh, it's, it's going to be up to the breweries to be proactive and, you know, take advantage of some of the the uh, programs and concessions and do everything you can to stay open. And, you know, it's kind of like bite the bullet for three or four months and just do whatever you can to stay open. Don't give up because it will go back to being good. My thanks go out to Daniel Flynn of DRF Consulting. 
His website is drfconsults.com. Good news? It Starts With Beer is now available on Apple Podcasts. So, subscribe there or on Spotify or Stitcher. Check out my website at beersnobrights.com. Follow me on Twitter or Instagram at beersnobrights. This episode was sponsored by Nobody. So, if you'd like to kick in a dollar through Venmo, I'd be happy to accept. I'm at William-Sis. Until next time, sip well.